0: Good morning. The first reading is from Genesis chapter 39, verses 3 through 6. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight, and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house, and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had, in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. This is the word of the Lord. Second reading is from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 4. And we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We sing, stricken, smitten, and afflicted him for 51. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We hear from the Old Testament reading of Genesis and Isaiah. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when we hear God's word read to us, we'll sometimes put these images in our head picturing the scene playing out. What we see with a man like Joseph is that he was an attractive man. He was in shape. He was a handsome-looking fella. Probably took after his mom, Rachel, who we know was beautiful. Add on top of that that he was favored by his father above all of the other children. He was given the robe of many colors. And we can see why his brothers hated him. Maybe also because they were not as handsome as Joseph. I mean, after all, his 11 older brothers all had a different mother than him. And we know that Leah is known not for her beauty. But Leah is known for her weak eyes. And maybe his brothers are ugly. At the very least, they probably looked normal. Normal. Kind of like Jesus, because he was not attractive. There was nothing that drew him, that people were drawn to him solely based on his looks. Jesus was not someone that you looked at and said, I want to look like that guy. Which means Jesus looked more like us. Which is fitting. Because he he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. It's perfect for Jesus to look like us, because he dies on the cross. For us. Amen. We hear the word of the Lord.
0: The next reading is from Genesis chapter 39, verses 20 to 23. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I invite you to rise if you are able. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 57 through 66. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God jesus said to him you have said so but i tell you from now on you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven then the high priest tore his robes and said he has uttered blasphemy what further witnesses do we need you have now heard his blasphemy what is your judgment they answered he deserves death This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. From the Old Testament of Genesis and from the Gospel of Matthew, even though Joseph's brothers hated him and wanted to kill him, he instead is sold to some Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. What was Joseph's life worth? About that much. That was the cost of a male servant back in these days. The Ishmaelites then take him and sell him to Potiphar in Egypt. Joseph becomes a servant. But God was with him. And he prospered. He prospered in everything that he did. But then Potiphar's wife says that he tried to have his way with her one day, but she fought him off and then left his, he left his cloak behind after she screamed, when in fact he had fled and she grabbed onto his garment as he fled. And since she didn't get her way, she throws these false accusations at Joseph. And who's Potiphar going to believe? His wife? or the Hebrew servant. We, in fact, don't even hear Joseph say a word to these accusations. And he's put in prison over false accusations. There were many that wanted to kill Jesus. But in order to bring about his death, he had to be arrested first. And in order to be arrested, someone had to betray him. So not necessarily someone that hated him, but certainly someone who was close to him. And so Jesus is betrayed by Judas, sold, if you will, for 30 pieces of silver. What was Jesus' life worth? About that much. And according to a law all the way back in Exodus, 30 pieces of silver is the value of a dead servant. Jesus is betrayed, arrested, and taken to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest. And as Jesus is brought before these Jewish leaders, there are many false witnesses who come forward and testify against him. And even though all of these false witnesses come forward, it's not enough to condemn Jesus to death. And to these false accusations, they ask Jesus to speak to them. And he doesn't say a word. It's only when Jesus is asked whether or not he is the Son of God does he speak up. And he tells them what is to come. He tells them the things he's been saying all along. And so they call out this supposed blasphemy and they sentence him to death. But the Jews can't actually carry out the sentence. And so they have to go to those who can. To the Romans. And that leads them to Pilate. Amen. We hear from the word of our Lord.
2: The reading is from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 5 to 7. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned, every one, to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I invite you to rise if you're able. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 1 through 11. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. Then came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law. And according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you? An authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. From the Old Testament, Isaiah, and the Gospel of John. Jesus remained silent, and he spoke only when he needed to. And when he opened his mouth, he spoke words of truth. Words that the people did not want to hear. Even as he is brought before Pilate, and Pilate questions him, Pilate finds no wrongdoing in Jesus. No reason to put him to death. He does have Jesus flogged, which is a brutal, vicious beating. A crown of thorns is placed upon his head, a purple robe draped over him. If Jesus was any kind of attractive before, which we know he really wasn't, he certainly isn't after this. Pretty close to unrecognizable at this point. And Pilate presents Jesus as this fake king hoping to appease the Jews. But this will not satisfy them. Only death will. Jesus is accepting of what is to come. He had already prayed about it three times in the garden. He knew his father's will. And so like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, he doesn't need to say much. Even when he's questioned, he knows what's going to happen, and he knows he has to do it. Even when Pilate wants Jesus to speak to him and lays it out before Jesus that he could release him or he could carry out his crucifixion, Jesus tells him that he only has authority over him because it was given by God his Father. Which is a really nice way of saying You have no power over me. But what does Jesus do? He submits to that authority. Why? Because this is the way. Amen. We hear from God's word.
2: Your reading is from Genesis chapter 41 verses 37 to 41. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I invite you to rise if you're able. Reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 14 through 22. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover, It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold, your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the Place of the Skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests and the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write to the King of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. From the Old Testament of Genesis and the Gospel of John. As a servant in Egypt, Joseph didn't have much choice but to submit to the authorities. Yet even in the midst of all the false accusations, Joseph prospers in prison. And then the cupbearer, whose dream Joseph had interpreted in prison that led him back to Pharaoh's side, remembers Joseph in prison who is able to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. And it's in the interpretation of those dreams that leads Pharaoh to put Joseph as the second in command, only below Pharaoh himself. Jesus has false accusations brought before him, and after he is arrested, he does not prosper. Things only get worse. He is flogged. The crown of thorns is placed upon his head, the purple robe draped over his bloodied, beaten body, and he is crucified as the King of the Jews. And why is he there? He's there for us, for all of our sins, for all of the false accusations that we throw at other people, for our lies for our deceit, for when we speak evil of others, for our hatred of others by the way that we treat them, with our thoughts towards them and our actions, for the relationships that we've ruined by what we've done and said to others, for all the times that we remain silent, when we remain silent as false accusations are thrown on someone else, And we just let it happen. For the relationships we've ruined by what we haven't done or said. When we remain silent and refuse to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For all the times we remain silent when we've had the opportunity to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with someone For everything that we do in the secret, in the silence, behind closed doors. The sins that no one knows about. For everything that we do out in the open. The sins that others can see us do. For all the times that we love ourselves more than we love God. All of these sins. Jesus is nailed to the cross because of them. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And so, even though Jesus was crucified long before our time, we are not innocent bystanders in, in his death. We are guilty. The blood is on our hands as well. We are the ones who put him there because he dies for us and for our sins. If we were perfect like he was perfect, he wouldn't have needed to die. But we are full of sin and death. And Christ is empty of sin, and he is life. And so he's going to flip the switch, and he's going to take our sin, and he's going to fill us with his perfection and his holiness. He is going to take our death, and he's going to fill us with life. He is going to take the hell that we are deserving of. The eternal condemnation and punishment that is ours. The wrath of God. And he's going to put it on his shoulders as his arms are outstretched on the cross. And he is going to take it all for us. Because he loves us. This is the way. And when you look at the cross and see Jesus there, He's there for you. He's there for you. Amen. We hear from God's Word.
2: The reading is from Genesis, chapter 41, verses 42 to 45. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him ride in his second chariot. And they called out before him, Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no one shall lift up hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath paneah and he gave him in marriage Asenath, the daughter of Potipharam, priest of On. So Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I invite you to rise if you're able. From the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 28 to 37. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: reading is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord.
1: From the Old Testament of Genesis in the Gospel of John and the New Testament of Philippians. God was with Joseph all through his life. Even in the midst of everything bad that happens in his life, he was never alone. In the end, Joseph is given a place of honor, ruling over Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. And even to Joseph, we see... The people bow the knee to him. He is treated as a king. A king of people, even though he sits on no throne. Jesus is God. And God the Father and God the Holy Spirit will always be connected to Jesus. Through everything that happens, he is never alone. In the end, Jesus is not given a place of honor. He's given a place of dishonor. He is given the punishment that is reserved for the worst of criminals. Through the floggings, the beatings, the crown of thorns, and the crucifixion, he suffers the worst kind of pain. And this he has to do alone. He is crucified as the king of the Jews, yet he is a king without a throne. A king who was nailed to a cross. A king who was despised and rejected. He bore our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. The people watched as Jesus dies, and he says, It is finished. He breathes his last breath and gives up his spirit. Jesus left his throne in heaven to come and be a servant, to come and be obedient to his father, to come and be obedient to death, obedient to the worst kind of death, death on a cross. What was Joseph's life worth? 20 pieces of silver. What was Jesus' life worth? 30 pieces of silver. What's your life worth? Not a piece of anything, but the whole, entire life of Christ. You're not worth all the money in the world. You are worth the life of the precious, innocent, perfect, sinless Son of God. This is the way. The way to save you from sin. From death. From hell. The only way to save you by the only one who can save you. And it costs you nothing. It cost Jesus his life. And as a lamb that is led to the slaughter, he willingly lays down his life for you. Like the good shepherd, he lays down his life for his sheep. You. Today, Jesus, the Son of God, fully God and fully man, dies. But Sunday is coming. And because Sunday comes, Jesus is exalted to the highest place of honor. With a name that is above every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Friday is here. And we look to the cross. And we see Jesus die for us and for our sins. We see him take our death and our hell, and we feel it. We have to understand the price that was paid to save us. A price that we couldn't pay. A price that only he could pay. We need to see Jesus there on that cross cross to, to grasp the depth of his love for us. Yes, Friday is here, but Sunday is a coming. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.